Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and today I'm joined by my dude Johnny Nani. And what's really cool about this Sunday Fun Day is, man, we're talking about a White Sox winner. Hell a yeah, White Sox winner, dude. J- Nani, we're we're back. This is a. I mean, we've been doing Sunday Fun Days consistently for a couple weeks now that we're getting out of the off season, getting ready for spring training. But this one has a game attached to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before we plug anything, man, I just got to get your initial reactions and finally getting baseball back after before you mentioned before we got started recording. But the that so White Sox day that took place yesterday with the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't be, um, you know, I wouldn't expect anything else uh, for the White Sox. And obviously that's why we use the phrase that's so White Sox for the first game that everyone's all jacked up for spring training. Finally get to see these new faces in action uh, rained out. Uh, so they're, the White Sox were supposed to open Saturday at Camelback Ranch, uh, but that uh, that did not take place. Um, it looked like a friggin swamp out there. <laughs> so couldn't play that. Um, it sucks because there were other teams still out in Arizona that were playing. They either just delayed it or like waited or whatever. So we had to wait a whole extra day. Uh, but they got it in today, like you'd said, 7-2 win over the Reds today. Um, you know, kind of, uh, it, we'll, we'll go through a little bit more specifics, but um, I like seeing the late push from, like, the reserves that come in. Uh, you Did know, you call it? You guys. called it yeah. on that tweet, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was more because Chris Volstead came in at the end for the Reds, and he was right. absolutely awful for us when we had him, like, <laughs> 17. So it, uh, over at Sox on 35th, me and Joe Binder always joke about, you know, just how terrible like, Chris Volstead's been. So uh, that's why I kind of put that out there. But then, yeah, sure, they ended up scoring four runs in the top of the ninth, so I'll, I'll take it. And, yeah, uh, great to talk about a uh, winner with you buzz absolutely so before we really jump into our show here everybody please be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your chicago sports literature and podcasting needs following us at ontapsportsnet on twitter liking us on facebook at ontapsportsnet and then uh most importantly if you're listening to this show be sure you're following us on twitter at socks on tap uh those are my little plugs right there and then please be sure if you're listening on apple podcast google play or whatever it's called you know i i have an iphone but if you can rate and review anywhere give us a five-star rating and review and tell people why you like us man if you, if you do like us that is. and if you like beer you probably like us so man like you said seven to two winner today at cincinnati i guess we can just go into you know the um the top of the first here and uh or not the top of the first we just talk about the first dylan cease he uh he had a interview at the end, I think it was with uh, Daryl Vinchone. Mm-hmm. That's how you say his last name, right? Yeah, you know me, I'm bad. But yeah, I butcher, I butcher names so badly. But uh, he said he felt very comfortable today. And that was pretty cool to hear. And he looked good. And I know it's just spring training. I understand all that. But, I mean, when you go and you look at the box score, <clears throat> um, he threw two innings. He let up three hits. He had three strikeouts. No walks. I mean, just pretty, pretty clean for the most part. Yeah. I, I mean, Buzz, it's, it's good to see that. Uh, you know, something that he's talked about is uh, I, I like to see the zero big goose egg in the walk column there because one thing that he's talked about is harnessing command. Um, obviously an issue last year. Knew he had to work on it in the offseason. So, um, you know, first of few spring training starts for him. So I just want to see that continue to grow. And then, I, I, you know, obviously it sucks at the game. Yeah, sure, I was able to listen to it on, like, that Cincinnati feed. But, right. you know, of course, yep. there's no, like, stream, like, to actually, like, watch it video-wise. So I was just kind of going off of, you know, is that Sean Williams uh, on Twitter. He was, you know, he lives down in Arizona, so he was at the game and shared a few videos. So I oh, saw some of that. Oh, does he live down there? But, yeah. Yeah, oh, he lives okay. down that's there. Her, so. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. So um, that's, like, all I saw. It's like, but, Buzz, I want to see a cease hammer 
I, I, I missed it. It's been way too long. And he's got such a great, you know, like 12, six, like action on it. Absolutely. I, I, I was disappointed to get to see it today. So yeah, uh, hopefully that, start when I'm down there, <laughs> I guess it's like, just a good point to bring it, you know, before we get into anything else is just to talk about this today. And I think it's something that a lot of people were talking about on Twitter and it, it's not out of left field here because you didn't get to see it. And that was a really kind of a crappy thing for us, man, is that we had to listen on the Cincinnati feed and but thank God, I mean, thank God they, you know, they broadcasted it, you yeah. know, so we were able to listen at least, you know, but, you know, we didn't get to see any of the electricity. So it's kind of hard for me to sit here and tell you, well, stuff looked really good because I, I couldn't see it. Um, exactly. You know, but I really hope going forward, going into next year, um, you know, just throwing this out there, the Sox do something about the spring training yeah. thing. I think they, they missed a big opportunity here, I believe. Yeah, Buzz, it was NWI Steve, uh, you know, on Tap Sportsnet contributor, and uh, he put it out on Twitter, and he said, I believe it was like, you know, it's like, how do you not get this done? Um, it'd be nice if you could actually see it. You're the only baseball team that's on NBC Sports Chicago, and they're exclusive to that now. It's like, right. Yeah, if, even if they throw it on, like, the Plus channel, I understand there might have other, you know, like, whatever – uh, events that are like actually in season for whatever you know they'll air like some like college basketball and stuff on there too throw it on the plus channel you got two of them so i, I don't know that, that's i didn't just, even th- you know i didn't even thing. think about that nani i i always forget about that plus channel yeah yeah like, i forgot all about that would like have been a great the, idea you know like if the bulls and blackhawks are on sometimes you know like the bulls will right. be on the regular one the blackhawks will be on plus or vice versa whatever it's like they could easily do it um but obviously they you know that's also then they got to uh, take into factor then Benetti and Stone's availability. I mean, but Benetti was there. He, he, him and Chuck were taking pictures at the game, you know, like. Right. Absolutely. It could have been just been Benetti and Chuck. I mean, you know, it, it's yeah. just a spring training game, you know, and I just they really missed the mark on it. I'm not going to like bust too much balls about it, but I, I I saw a lot of people talking on, you know, on Twitter, obviously they're upset about it. I do think that they have a legitimate gripe. I'm not, you know, I, I wish that we were able to see these games and, and, you know, look at, especially the young talent that's there. Like, you know, we don't know if Madrigal's going to break camp or anything like that, but nice to see yeah, him he, play. Yeah. And not calling him out or anything, but he had an air, you know, he had a nice, he had an RBI single that made up for this, but earlier before that he had an error. I want to see if it was, was it like, you know, kind of borderline or was it like egregious? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't know. Cause I can't see it. <laughs> right. I mean that, and that, that's just something that's irritating. But like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I, we are, I should be fortunate that at least we got to listen to the game. I just can't wait to actually, watch tomorrow's game because uh, they, I believe they that's going to be on NBC tomorrow. Yes, I'm not mistaken. Is. So yep. um, I'm going to watch that at work or attempt to watch it at work. You know how that goes, but I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just, hopefully they get that all, you know, settled because I, I, the North side of town, shout out Ron and juice and all those guys, but North side of town, I believe they're showing every game on their network. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that goes back to Steve's point and your point that you just brought up a little bit earlier with the, Sox being exclusive, the only baseball team airing on NBC Sports would have been mm-hmm. kind of nice to see that. But yeah, yeah, I can I can understand like in like years past when they got to do both and they got to do a balancing act. Okay, maybe you know, but uh, I you know, like I said, it just whatever me, me bitching about it on here probably isn't going to change anything. <laughs> but it may be enough people to tweet at uh, NBC Sports Chicago and get that done. So um, just looking at this like broadcast schedule like, coming up, like like you'd said on NBC Sports uh, Chicago tomorrow when they play the uh, Dodgers um, at Camelback Ranch, and then uh, WhiteSox.com for the stream on. Tuesday's game against uh, San Francisco. I believe that's a uh, split squad, but um, at least that one that's at the ranch will be on uh, live stream. Um, and yeah, the, the, the whitesocks.com live stream. So um, uh, just a little preview of what's ahead. 
I will say one thing that's really cool about it. Like, I mean, if you try to, you know, me silver linings, right. But like you look at it, how many people are just clamoring to watch it, Mm -hmm. that they'll do anything to just to watch it. You know what I mean? They just want it that bad. So the the buzz is real buzz. Absolutely, man. I mean, and it's, it's fantastic. So uh, why don't we get into um, Ricky rents trying to go Timmy and Yoan at one and two got that brought up Mm -hmm. here. So why don't we talk about that? What do you think about having Tim Anderson lead off? Yeah, so I mean, it's a you know you're trying to reward a guy for uh, obviously last year winning a batting title. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, I don't think in anybody realistic, but even Tim Anderson would tell you. Um, I, I don't think he expects to have that same like average. Obviously, he wants to, and he's mm-hmm. going to put in all the work necessary to try to do that. But just with you look at that BABIP, and it, it was just unsustainable. That, that's what I'm getting at. So we, I'm not saying that Timmy's going to have a bad season this year, but it's not uh, it's not going to be as consistent um, in the on-base and you know average department there. So I would go buzz. Um, I think we've talked about this on a couple different shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, back like after, you know, after we got all these pieces and we're kind of throwing things together, how is this lineup going to look in 2020? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and NWI Steve even wrote an article about it. Um, I'm a big proponent of Yasmani Grandal. I, I would take the probabilities of, you know, you look at his career on base, uh, what he's projected to have this year. I, I would go with that. Sure, it's unconventional. It's not your typical like speed or, you know, whatever the old school baseball people think a leadoff man should be. But uh, that's OK with me. I'm OK with trying something outside of the box. I feel like we haven't done that like ever. Hey, I love your point with that, too, because, like, what you just said was perfect. The old school people might not like that, right? Well, it's different. They might not like it. Well, man, maybe we're being innovative. Maybe, you know, you're, you put – I mean, we know Yaz isn't that fast, but, I mean, you can't you can't argue this OBP, dude. It's a no. 380. Yeah. It's 380. What do you – I mean – I think it's a great idea to have somebody who gets on base a lot. And, and you know, Yaz actually made these comments in um, the video that I saw from SoxFest. He goes, you know, yeah, it might not be flashy walking, but when you walk, you get on base. When you get on base, you, you try to score runs. And I'm on base, score that run. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty plain and simple. Yeah, and, and you just look at last year. Like, the White Sox are terrible at taking walks as a, as a unit. So if there's only one guy, if they still are, but there's one guy that actually can, I would rather have him up towards the top and on base for those other guys that are going to free swing, you know? Right. Well, there was a, there's I man, I feel horrible about this that I'm not going to be able to give the credit where the credit's due. I'll tweet it. I'll find this video, but there's this video, this guy made on YouTube, right? And it was like, uh, Lurie Garcia, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, uh, Eloy, I believe was in there as well. Like they put those four together and like collected, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, collected their walks, right? Mm-hmm. And um, collected them all, and I want to say it was around a hundred and something. Like collectively, it was around a hundred and something. I think one hundred and five, I believe. And Yaz walked a hundred and nine times last year, Jesus. just himself, just wow. himself. You know what I mean? So it's it's pretty cool to think about. Like you know, you're you know you're going to get a guy that's going to be on base quite often, and you know maybe it might be a little bit unconventional um, batting him lead off. But this is where I kind of want to go through some numbers with you because, you know, I, you look at Tim Anderson last year, right? And then when he batted leadoff, when he would bat first, he only uh, – <clears throat> it was four games, 19 plate appearances. Uh, he bat 474. His on-base percentage was 474. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, obviously, yeah. there, he, did not, he did not walk one time um, from the leadoff position. He only walked 15 times collectively last yeah. year. 
That's his game. Um, That's what he does. <laughs> right. So I mean, but hey, I can't I can't bitch at the guy because he was like what three thirty five batting average, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, and I love his quote that he said. Um, and you know, he was like uh, a video. I believe it was an interview with MLB Network. Um, and what did he say? I forget the exact wording on it, but something was like, you know, people don't pay to watch you walk. Like, right. it's and, like, yeah. it's like I would put you on know, a show. It's all about people. having fun, like yeah. that, man. You know, I yeah. love that. But I, I do agree. Like, I am a little bit weary and i think we tell we've talked about this guaranteed off the air and i can't remember the last time i was on the show if we talked about it or not but i don't think what tim did last year can be i mean i hope he can do it again but Mm. i mean realistically man are we going to be looking at another year for tim anderson when he bats 335 and his obp 357 do you think i mean i i i I, I don't know i don't see it i think he can have a good uh year from the average like a solid year the i Honestly, I, I don't think it'll be in the three thirties range. I mean, if you're, I would guess more. If you're giving me a, like realistic prediction for what Tim Anderson is going to hit, I would put him closer to right around three hundred, uh, maybe just slightly below that. Um, that's just what I think. I, and I don't know. It, it's just I guess a gut feeling uh, partially on that, and then also just you know you take last year was great, but it also isn't the full story because there was also two whatever. Two two and a half seasons before that uh, of work, and obviously improve. You players improve, but do you just look at the tendencies? And we're getting back to the leadoff spot. Just for me, best fit got to be Asmani Grandal. Uh, would that be your pick too, or did did you have uh, someone else? I wanted to air that out. Well, you know, I, people are gonna hate me for this, but I I kind of liked when Lurie let off last year. Mm-hmm. And, and while we're searching for that missing piece, I don't mind having Lurie lead off. Um, just going into last year a little bit about the Yasmani Grandal leading off, he did have 13 appearances, or I'm sorry, uh, <clears throat> 13 games at the leadoff position, 47 at um, at bats. You know, he, uh, he so he obviously walked quite a few times there. He walked 11 times, at 58 plate appearances, but he uh, did bat 170. But his on base percentage was 328 because of the walks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Yaz would be a, probably a good fit if I had to pick a guy that I gun to my head i would probably pick yes because of his obp you know mm-hmm. um and then as far as mankata goes here i've been instrumental in saying this and i think you have been too i think you and i rode this train all last year together keep mankata number two it's the perfect spot for him it is it's perfect he, spot it's the perfect spot get somebody as is your leadoff guy that can get on base which goes to the osmani grandall thing i mean mm-hmm. you know 380 on base percentage right and he was still 330 when he was leading off last year for Milwaukee for those thir- uh, the 13 games that he did it. But th- these are the stats for for Mankata uh, at bat and second in the lineup. 344, 401, 604, 300 plate appearances. Um, he walked 25 times, uh, 17 home runs from the two-hole the two hole for Mankata for 42 RBIs. The next best place that he, he bat from was uh, fifth, where he had uh, – 118 plate appearances or I'm sorry, 80 plate appearances. I apologize. But yeah, so I, I'm a propo- I, I would like to keep Mankata number yeah. two. I don't, I don't want him to lead off because he was 250, 268 yeah. from lead, uh, lead off and, position last year. And then, and then you have predictability there, Buzz. You just rattle off those numbers. And what I take from that is first of all, that's a nice size sample right, right. there. 300, mm-hmm. 300 plate appearances or whatever it was around that area um, yep. for him in the two hole. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It works. Yep. It works. He hits well there. Um, he does not going to have to force to. You remember last year, there were plenty of games where he was hitting cleanup because there's just no better option. Um, right. You know, 
uh, so they need some power uh, at that four spot. Um, doesn't that be the case this year? Because you got plenty of guys that could be candidates for cleanup. Uh, I would, I mean, I think you could argue moving a Brayu down even further out of that. But whatever, I'm guessing. Assume he stays three, like he always has been, and where he, you know, barely ever hits outside of that hole. Um, you got guys like Edwin. You got Eloy. Um, you know, hell, Luis Robert ends up, you know start smacking dingers like crazy then right. you plenty give, give him a shot you got plenty of options and Makata don't have to be there two is perfect for him so right uh come on ricky on that and you know i think there's also we everyone likes to look at the numbers and those are great you have to take those into consideration but um there could be something that they're seeing in uh you know in his preparation this offseason uh conversations that they have maybe his approach is a little bit different and he says okay i, I know what i have to do as leadoff man we don't know that we're not, we're not inside the doors at camelback ranch in their meetings and their workouts right. and all that so that that could be a reason that they're doing that um but i i would like to you know at some point i would like to see yes lead off because i i try it and see what works best yeah that, I'm would, with be, you on that. that would be my you, you could do both it's just you know a matter of opinion i would go yes to start with maybe try timmy if that's not working out for you later but but right. if you're talking about things that are sure fire just money Grandal's ovp is going to be sure fire no, no right doubt and I, and I totally agree. You know, obviously, like you said, we're not behind the doors in the Camelback Ranch. We're just a couple of good-looking dudes who drink some beer and talk <laughs> White Sox baseball, you know. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying here. You know, Tim Anderson, um, <clears throat> I, I, like I said, I, I'm not 100% sure what we, you know, what they're going to do with, with him. He, he found a lot of success last year batting second as well, um, numbers-wise, right? So he, um, you know, 291 plate appearances for him. That was actually more than his coveted seventh spot last year. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm sure people didn't know that if you looked that up, because I would have called yeah. you a liar if you would have told you, me that. If you saw the promotion start happening as soon as he, you know, yeah. they're like, okay, well, this guy is just not getting out now. He's just hitting the ball, just keeps on hitting. Then, yeah, then, I, then those promotions started to come, and he got, you know, higher up in the lineup and trying him at that too. And you know, um, they obviously let off a couple of times. So right, just, yeah, I would like I said, I would have called you a liar though, not if you would have told me that he bat more times second than he did at seventh last year yeah you just feel like it's it's always been seven for him and it, like yeah. I made it, over on the socks on 35th podcast buzz i made a mock lineup that's what we all did me and jordan and joe and b son and where did i end up having anderson seven seven so, yeah. that's <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah i mean but again like you know going to your part wow that does that just threw me off i can't believe that but going back to what you were saying man i i like the yaz thing leading off because mankata i are Arguably, I think is our most talented player. We'll see what we'll see what Luis Robert can do, mm. but I do think that Mancada is our most talented player. I want him at second. I want to get somebody ahead of him to get on base, so Mancada can strike and we can strike early and often. Yeah, the, you know, that, I, the early runs are cool and tough. That's absolutely that's a hundred percent. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. So um, I, you know, obviously these guys aren't going to be playing every day. Um, maybe there's a day where in spring training, Buzz, I think it'd be a good time to do that too. Try a lineup where Grandal is the leadoff man. Like, yeah, I'd love that. If, if Timmy's not in the order that day, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. So, I agree. Uh, yeah, we just want to touch on that uh, segment there um, because that was some of the most like recent news uh, when you're talking about decision-wise. Obviously, nothing set in stone, but Ricky Renteria hinted at that, and was that was about one of the only topics that he gave any like surefire indication on. So. Um, other than that, uh, we can get back a little bit into just some observations from this game. Uh, if you're a Sox on tap listener, you know, during the regular season, we'll go and we'll break all these games down, um, you know, usually uh, inning by inning. Yeah. After every inning, you know, all the major events, how the runs were scored, all of that good stuff. 
we ain't doing that for spring training, guys. Um, we'll, we'll keep the <laughs> Sunday fun days rolling. I'm sorry. We're not doing that for spring training. Um, th- there's still other sports. Buzz is still covering Bulls. I'm still covering Blackhawks. Uh, th- it's it's not going to start the everyday uh, postgame shows uh, until March 26th. So th- that's just wanted to let the listeners know uh, for that. But we, we, we talk takeaways, though, because we have one game under our belt. Might as well talk about it. Um, you said in that leadoff role, Timmy uh, let off the game. Granted, it was a little infield single, but uh, he let off the game with a single. So one for uh, three. Um, drove in a run as well. And then um, looking at, you know, Mancata uh, struck out looking, but that's he went over three. Um, other than that, I, I was impressed with um, I liked what I saw from Mike or Adolfo and he was a yeah. later. Yes. Later substitution, but I really like to see. I think it was Merkin that tweeted out and he said, uh, you know, Mike Rodolfo is, you know, back healthy and going to play the outfield in spring training games this year. He came in in the DH role as a pinch hitter um, after. Actually, no, he did play. He ended up, he ended up playing uh, right field. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Mercedes that came in for DH role. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's good to see Mike Rodolfo back out there because if you remember, um, basically since like all of last year and the obviously the end of 2018, then. Uh, he had an injury, and then that injury kept him from uh, playing the field at all. That was That's his hand injury, injury correct? Yeah, he, yeah and yeah. he was he was only hitting. So um, good to see him back out there because, uh, I, Buzz, I really think the White Sox need uh, resurgent years from both him and um, Luis Basabi. Those are two names yeah. that I always, because very highly touted, obviously, Basabi coming over in the sale trade and Mike Rodolfo being an international signing. He's been on, like, the 40-man forever because they have to do that to protect him. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see him actually get up in the show at some point here. And then that could be an internal solution for, you know, say Mazzara struggle or something like that. So um, the, I, in, the intimate Mazzara struggle yeah, well, that, you know, my feelings on that. I'm not a huge fan of him, but we'll we'll see. We give him the shots. See how it plays out. But if not, I'd like to, like I said, uh, that's why I think it's important because both those guys could be possible right fielders. I know Basabi plays a lot of center down um, in, uh, you know, uh, in Birmingham, uh, where he was, but uh, when you come up to the big big leagues, uh, Luis Robert, uh, he's going to be Manning center field. So uh, th- I think Basabi could play right. He's got a great arm for it. So um, th- th- those are just my takeaways. And Basabi is one for two, um, scored a run as well. So uh, th- that was uh, that was solid to see out of those two. Uh, what about yeah, you? Micah ripped an absolute beastly double off of Volstad, <laughs> and it's just so funny because when you tweeted that. You you pro- you got yeah. in Volstad's head. You 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 did that to him, and you should be yeah. a little bit ashamed of yourself, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's just in a, it's inevitable with him. Yeah, uh, it, it really is. So, um, that those are my standouts. I'll uh, go both Adolfo and Basabi. Nice to see those guys get done. Um, what about you? Uh, what stands uh, out? I, I was really happy about the seventh inning um, home run from Sabi Zavala. Yeah, um, that's right. He, yeah, he got all that ball, dude. Like, I mean, yeah. again, from how the announcers um kind of made it seem and uh you know um and then getting to see a little bit of a video on it but i mean he he got all that ball it's nice to see because you, you you've been constantly hearing about all these you know questions about zach collins so it's kind of nice to see sebi you know get a little bit of shine in a good way because he had yeah. a couple stints up at the show last year and as you and i both know it did not go well for him so that was a pretty cool takeaway from me for me um and then that you know that was basically really it. I mean, for the most part, you know, Carson Fulmer looked really bad, dude. He came in at first. He looked okay. Then he, yeah, well, he hit a he batter. Struck out he, two, and then, of course, he goes and, like, walks two in that, in that first inning that he came in. Right. I I don't know. You know, he went to driveline last year, which is, like, yeah. this pitching thing. And, like, it's supposed to be, you know, high end. They're really supposed to kind of get you back where you should be. And it, nothing has seemed to work for him. 
I mean, nothing. And I, I feel horrible because yeah. I wanted Carson Fulmer to work out. And, you know, he's a first-round oh, yeah. pick, you yeah, know, but absolutely, it just hasn't. It, it just hasn't. I, I think that yeah. the spring training, I there's no way he, unless barring major knock on wood, dude, like major crazy injury, I don't think we see him in the show this year. I really don't. Maybe at times with, with you know, like you'd said, injuries, it, it's going to be more spot. I think he's going to be a, uh, you know, uh, up and down guy. I wonder what the deal is on options for him, too. But um, that's something that we can look up at a later time. Um, just with him, you know, you talk about the issues with him. It's always been command. And what does he do? He walks three uh, and he hit a batter today. So, yeah, you strike out two. But uh, luckily, he did, he did not give up a run in the one inning of work. But honestly, uh, because of the way that that inning transpired, Buzz, I think that it was cut. They, they probably wanted to throw him two, but they could only, you know, go one because then you know, they ended up, you know, we already threw whatever X amount of pitches. That's right. just my thoughts on it. So um, tough to see for him. But uh, I was you know, some of these other guys, you know, even a guy like Matt uh, Foster and then Tom Shaw. Uh, I don't see them too much. Uh, Tyler Johnson with the one, two, three uh, the inning to lock it down in the ninth. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice when there's no, no no scary business, even though we were, we're up seven to two, got all those, you know, four insurance runs in the ninth. Um, you know, just don't, don't like the risky business in the ninth inning. So uh, always like when someone can nail it down one, two, three. So that was good from Johnson. Um, but then these other guys, uh, just one of the things when I was listening to, I was kind of multitasking watching the Blackhawks game and then listening to the Sox game on uh, the, you know, Reds radio stream. Um, but it, there would be a little bit of adversity for some of these guys. Uh, I think Foster, you know, um, he had a hit and I think someone had an error while he was in and, you know, he's facing like, you know, back against the wall. I uh, got to get this out. And he does and he doesn't let up run. So um, I like seeing that. Uh, out of those guys to Matt Tomshaw was the only one that I think his first name's Matt, uh, but Tomshaw was the only one that, um, you know, let up the runs. Uh, he had two uh, earned runs on two hits in this one inning. So, um, and that came by way of a home run. So overall solid effort from the pitching staff today, Buzz. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, man. Not, not much. I really want to touch. I mean, we touched on cease already, you know, and how that looked, how he looked. And then we kind of touched on the whole magical thing. I really don't know about that error. It's nice to see that he, you know, he did get an RBI single, right? Am I correct on that? That's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, uh, ninth inning he did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. You know, Mendick had a hit. I mean, it was, it was cool. I think it was pretty much, you know, everything seemed to go well for the Sox day. I mean, seven to two, you know, I mean, I know it's spring training, but I'm, I was pretty much happy with everything. I mean, besides not being able to listen yeah, to the, or watch a damn broadcast, you know, I mean, that that yeah. was the only thing I could take away. But I guess one thing I kind of do want to jump into since we kind of went through the game, you know, uh, we were talking about Mike Rodolfo and, you know, and, and Noah Mazzara and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just want to kind of bring this up. Kenny Williams came out and you know me, I've been a big guy. I wanted to sign Puig, right? I yeah. think that we need to touch on this because it came yeah. out. Let's do it. Um, I... Maybe there is a bigger plan, and I'm kind of going to piggyback off from what you're saying right now. Maybe Mike Rodolfo does look like he's getting healthy, and maybe he might be the guy internally. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's constantly on the 40, man. So maybe it, it might be an internal push there. I don't know. Guy who's already familiar with yeah. the organization. He's got promise. You know, maybe that's what it is. I mean, for me, I am a little irritated by kind of how everything was said is they had a really good meeting with Puig. You know, they, they yeah. came away with a new appreciation for him. Um, you know, they, they hope he finds success somewhere. They hope he gets signed somewhere. He's a very talented 29-year-old outfielder. Um, but 
Yeah, we hope you find success, just not with us. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was just kind of like, hey, man, you were all right, but nah. So that that leads me to believe there was something internally there where they were just like, okay, you know what? They either went like the, uh, what, what do you want to say, like the professional route with it, and they were like, hey, everything went cool, but it actually probably went real not great. <laughs> You're not great, <laughs> not Bob, great you know? Bob. Yeah. Or it, it went good, and they were just kind of like, you know what? Maybe we, we like this move a little bit yeah. better, you know? And so I just... For me, looking at Puig's stats last year, and, you know, I went over him time and time again. Guy had 16 stolen bases. He was worth 1.4 war between two teams in Ohio, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we, I think that it could be a potential miss out. I know he hasn't been the firecracker that he was in, what was that, 15, 16? Yeah, with the Dodgers. You know, yeah, so, you know, I know that he wasn't uh, uh, producing at that level, but... No one's going to tell me that Mazzara is better than him and, and the potential thing with Mazzara. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. you know, it. we, we kind of seen what Mazzara is, and, and Texas is an absolute launching pad. So I was a little irritated by that, but like you said today, yeah. now that no, we're and, getting into baseball and you kind of see Adolfo, and you, maybe there's something else going on there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a placing uh, faith in the, uh, you know, being able to grow, you know, home grow talent here. I mean, obviously it was an acquisition but for Basabi, but he's been, you know, coming up through the ranks for now, what, what was that? Three, four on, years, like, right? Five, going on like five years now, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, <clears throat> him him, and then uh, and Mike Rodolfo, the other one that I mentioned, uh, I think it's a, you know, vote of confidence for those guys. But at the same time, they still have to prove it. Um, it, We thought those guys were going to be studs, and they had, you know, nice, like Mike Rodolfo had a real nice season, like back in like 17 at uh, Winston-Salem. And then when he gets to Birmingham, obviously the injuries don't help, but both he and Basabi struggled mightily. Um, and you worry about that because the Southern League um, – that the Birmingham Barons play in uh, is where, you know, some prospects go to die. It's just the reality of the situation. You look at guys that don't make it past double uh, A and like re- really hit, you know, and regress uh, and have struggles from double A. And some, I just didn't want to see that for two guys that have been talked about a lot. I've talked about him a lot back when we first saw Mike or Adolfo at spring training a couple of years ago. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's massive. Like, I was like, I want him hit. He's like, the he's like about the size of, of Robert, man. Dude, he's, he's a big I'm cat. Sure he's bigger. Oh, is he big? Bigger. I do. He's I mean, big, he's, de- he's definitely more like, you know, uh, muscular. Uh, I mean, granted, right. Robert's ripped, but he's got more mass. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I want to see him, you know, hitting dingers. And uh, obviously this this year is going to be a lot about getting his feet back underneath him defensively, making the proper reads. If you haven't been in the outfield for a while, probably going to take a little bit of time to get back into it. So I, I wouldn't go ahead and bank on it for uh, him being up uh, this year. I would like to see it. And if he does and, you know, forces that issue, then, hey, I'd be so happy for that. But yeah, More power realistic, to you, you know? Yeah, re- realistic, I would guess it's probably still going to take him another year, like I said, to get back underneath, and then he could be challenging for next year. So uh, that, and um, when we were talking about right fielders to sign here, um, sure, I, getting back to your point on Puig, um, I think it would have been, I, you, obviously, you know, sometimes you, you just like a guy. He was your guy. You liked him, wanted to uh, sign him. Weird thing about him, just an odd situation, is that he has reverse splits. So it wouldn't be a true, like, pl- platoon with Mazzara like right. some people have been like you know talking about uh they should get a guy for that but um th- that just makes it a weird situation I would have been fine if they did um I'm not the biggest fan of Mazzara but I want him to prove me wrong and obviously when the organization says that most of the heavy lifting is done uh when it comes to acquisitions I believe them <laughs> if there's one thing I believe them on it's that so that's just my take right on it. right 
and, and I just want to fact check myself real quick. He had 19 stolen bases last year. So uh, I said 16. Nice. But um, yeah. And then, I mean, Basabi, man, correct me if I'm wrong on this too. Remember, he kind of gained like a little for a little bit. He was, a, you know, uh, not a flash in the pan, but he had a little bit of national recognition. Was That wasn't last year. It was a year before, I believe, in the yeah. Futures game when he, smacked, when he crushed that home run. Yeah. And, you and know, he threw out a guy from right field too. Right. I mean, he, you know, th- this guy has the talent there. He's just, you know, they, they have, like you said, they, they have struggled. And I, I think that there's options, but it's just, it's just kind of like that. How do I say it without being an idiot? Like, it's just kind of like that future thing, you know, you're just like, you're waiting. It's like, okay, when are they coming? You know, like, yeah. is this the actual answer? Like, you know, there, our window is kind of like looking like it's opening up. How patient are we going to be? Like, obviously, you know, we've, we had our, you know, our uh, prediction show and all that. And we have talked and all that, but Sometimes you just kind of like him. I'd like him just to go get a guy yeah. like Puig and, you know, just because he's kind of settled more so than the Mazzara thing. But, hey, like you said, I want Mazzara to succeed. I just – I'm not optimistic about yeah. it. Totally but, with you. Um, you know, uh, it is what it is. I just thought I'd bring that up that the Sox are just – they said they, they came out and they were nothing but professional, but they're just not interested in them. So I just wanted yep. to kind of touch on that and – if Ken W.O. Yeah. is listening, I'm sorry, but I, I wanted him to. <laughs> yeah. And it, when, when you like think about it, though, there's probably so after the meeting, it, whether it went well and it actually did or, or it didn't go well and they're saying it is on the professional front that it did. However, it went. There's always going to be discussion and there's going to be a bunch of minds in on it. Obviously, the, the, all the front office brass, uh, maybe players in on it, too. Um, I would guess they get the evaluations from multiple places and there's probably too much skepticism. That's why I would chalk it up to them, you know, saying thanks, but no thanks. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're probably hundred percent right, but I mean, it's all, it's all said and done now, man. And, you know, like I said, we're, I think we're kind of looking at the, what the team's going to be looking like. I mean, at least what we can write down lineups on paper, you know, I mean, I think the, what, what's the biggest question that we have to even talk about at this point, if Madrigal is going to be there at second base on opening yeah. day, you know, I mean, I, I think we could pretty much pen in the entire lineup and then we have a couple probably pitching questions I'd assume as mm-hmm. well, but you know, all in good time. All in good yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, another, just uh, as we're rolling on here, just talking spring training news. Um, you know, they, I think it's Scott, either Scott Merkin or Daryl Von Schoen, um, they will tweet out the pitchers for every day, you know, uh, be like who's throwing sideline or who's actually, you know, par- partially in the game, who's playing long toss, all that, all that stuff on the sheet, the schedule that they have. And they only usually only do fill out like the one week, like at a time. And Kopech was not on this week's schedule, at least for game game action so people were asking about that um and then i believe merck said it was not you know this not this week this upcoming week but the week after that is when they're going to try and do that so um you know uh, that's kind of what we expected though uh, they're gonna they're gonna take their sweet time with them uh yeah they don't, don't want to rush them back i guess it just makes it even harder to hear that just because like all the damn videos you're seeing of them nani and like how everybody's saying, like this guy hasn't sidelines. lost a step. Yeah, he's like yeah. he hasn't lost a step. He's, I mean, if it's possible, he's gotten better. So you hear that, and of course, you know, I'm fangirling over here. You mm-hmm. know, waiting for, you know, waiting for it. You know, and uh, it is what it is. I think, I think we all knew this was coming. I, I'd be shocked if he didn't start the season in Charlotte. I'd be shocked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would too. Just seems like the path they're going to go down. Everything that they said or implied through what Rakan has said, even going back to health middle of last year when they had that you know white Sox talk podcast the live right. one he was on it um going back all the way back to that from his initial comments forward it's always been at least for me he never said it officially obviously it's always oh you know we'll see wait and see yada yada um but they're i would put some 
decent money on it that he's going to start season in Charlotte. So um, just the reality of the situation. So um, let's see. Uh, do you have any other uh, topics here uh, on the actual spring training uh, news related stuff? Uh, because I, I kind of want to get into a fun, you know, we, we Sunday fun day. We like to do a uh, um, fun stuff segment. So I, I got some fun stuff segment and it'll be about spring training too, but uh, not totally related at all to uh, the actual action on the field. So you got, you got any topics before I move into that? No, bud. We move right into it. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I was talking, unfortunately, Andrew Kinsler uh, was unable to be on the show, but uh, he and I have been going down to spring training uh, for the past three years. This is going to be our fourth one now. Um, And we were talking about like, oh, what's the topic that we can do for Sox on tap Sunday Funday? And we're like, well, with all the excitement surrounding the team this year, it's probably going to be a good increase in White Sox fans going out to spring training. Um, we wanted to like put together a little like tip guide on how to have like the best trip down there. Um, so I just wanted to share a few of like my experiences. Um, and then, you know, hopefully it can inspire someone to, you know, make their trip better, you know, at least helps them out for all that. So, um, I'm just going to fire away. Um, I would say the place. So Camelback Ranch is in Glendale. Uh, the place to stay down there is Scottsdale. You're talking nightlife. Um, you know, I'm a single dude. I'm, you know, in my, you know, mid twenties. So maybe a little different for me. You maybe you want to stay somewhere quieter if you're, you know, got like a family trip or something like that. But I'm talking nightlife stuff to do. Go out. All the bars are in Scottsdale. Um, you definitely want to get a hotel in Scottsdale. That would just be my suggestion on that front. Um, getting out to Camelback Ranch. Always got a plan for about from Scottsdale, you know, always look up before you leave your hotel. When you're going to the stadium, always look up the maps and see what the traffic's looking like, because I'll tell you what, there are some days where it just gets randomly like congested for no reason at all. Not like a lane closure or anything. It'll just get congested out of nowhere. Um, like circle no, interchange congestion. Yeah, I, I, I call it no reason traffic. Like it's on the highway. <laughs> There's no reason traffic, but it, it's traffic. It ends up happening. So always plan that out. No, like at least from where we were at in Scottsdale, I believe it was the best Western in Scottsdale uh, to get out to Camelback uh, maps would say 40 minutes. So we plan that out and, you know, give ourselves a, you know, hour and a, uh, hour and five minutes um you know to account for any of those random delays um th- that's another one uh planning's big there uh bring sunscreen to the park that's <laughs> it's, you're gonna be baking in the arizona sun uh bring sunscreen otherwise you're gonna look like a tomato um other one if you want to avoid the sun always look for the tickets at the back sections the the very back of the section uh, because there's a little overhang from the second level. Camelback Ranch is a second level, a little overhang from it, and you stay in the shade. So you're nice and, you know, it's still warm out, but the sun's not directly on you. Uh, keeps you a little more hydrated and all that. Um, other than that, uh, try and go and see uh, other ballparks. Uh, there's a, the Sox had an off day one time, so we went and, like, saw a batting practice and pitchers throw oh, that's uh, cool. in the morning. But then we went to like the Royals versus like the Diamondbacks or something. Uh, go and see another one. Uh, I think the Di- Diamondbacks and Rockies share one of the coolest facilities out there. Uh, Salt River Fields at uh, Talking Stick. Um, that one's really cool. Um, I would recommend going to see it. Uh, I would recommend not going to Milwaukee's. It's a piece of shit. Um, it looks like <laughs> the capital of the world. That's an Andrew Kinsler phrase. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, there's like metal like bleachers, not like actual seats and stuff. Um, this is pretty terrible. So don't go to Milwaukee's place. Uh, Wait, you say metal bleachers? Yeah, it's, it's like you know, like whatever. Do they bake in the hot sun? 
Oh yeah, yeah, nice and high. Oh, that's yeah. That I mean, sound there are there is a segment like section behind like home plate that has it, but like down the lines, like we were like sitting behind the White Sox dugout. So like as soon as it starts going down the lines, it's like you know bleachers, just like remind me of like a high school game, you know, <laughs> like. Just uh, I would just I mean, you can check it out if you want or if you're a Brewers fan, too, since, you know, if they're neighbors to the north here, um, I, I just wouldn't recommend it. Um, other than that, um, make friends with the beer uh, stand attendants because they'll remember you and have your order ready. Um, I'm always down for you. Uh, that's what Andrew Kinsler and I like to do. Um, other than that. Um, you know, enjoy it and take videos, take videos, pictures that way, uh, you can remember it, um, and you can share, it, uh, post some updates out there. Uh, that's, that's what I just, uh, wanted to share, uh, since I'll be going down the 18th through the 22nd this year, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun, but, uh, sorry, I've been blowing a lot of hot air here, Buzz. So, um, we're getting to the end. Oh, you got, you got any, absolutely uh, not. Last was, fun. That was awesome. I, I love when you do like your little like the survival guy with the backpack. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. I love the fact that you did this too. Because if someone hasn't gone and they're like not to say like someone would be embarrassed to ask, like, hey, you know, like what should I do when I go there? You know what I mean? Like listen to the socks on tap, you know what you should do. Oh, yeah. You know where you should stay. You wanna go have a good time? Go to Scottsdale. You know, it's that's that's dope. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you, man, I got I got number two on the way. But I, I talked to Jamie about it, actually, because um, she asked if you were going. And I was like, man, I was, I'd was i love to do that. It's a, it's a bucket list thing for me. I've never really been, you know, anywhere. I was just in Florida for the first time when mm-hmm. I went to Disney, for God's sakes, you know. Yeah. But next year, I'd really, really like to hit spring training up. I, I'd really like to do that. I'd yeah. love to give it a shot, you know. And uh, it's awesome that, you, you, had a, you know, a survival guide there and, uh, you know, just cool things to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'd highly recommend you and Tony and then any of our Socks on Tap listeners uh, go out there. It's a great time. One thing that I love about spring training, Buzz, it's so relaxing because the games, they, they don't count towards the standings. Sure, you want them to win. I was whenever the White Sox are involved in any competition, I want them to win. Doesn't matter. The, but it's relaxed. You, you can chill out. You know, it's nice weather. It's, you know, we're, we're, I'm usually bottled up here in Chicago. Like there's like a friggin' snowstorm right before I left, like uh, two years ago. And then I get out there and get off the plane. And, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like, shit, I got to get my Hawaiian shirt on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just calming. Uh, I, I, I enjoy it. If you can, some, oh, one last tip going back to that, that guide there. Um, if you can swing it and uh, do a couple, like I said, visiting other stadiums, try to do a day-night doubleheader. Just stay hydrated throughout the day, but you can find, you know, like the Sox play during the day or whatever. Find another uh, team that is playing at night against someone and go and hit it up. You make the most out of your time there. If you're only there for, you know, whatever it is, three, four, five days, uh, I mean, kids usually do four. Uh, so that's the last word of advice on that run. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking next year, uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to probably pull the trigger and uh, piggyback with you and Kins and we're trying to yeah, drag absolutely. Tony out there for a crazy, for a crazy week of uh, fun baseball and, and cracking them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, other than that, man, should we get into our uh, should we get into our wrap up here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so opening weekend tailgates, man. You are the tailgate king. You got you got some uh, shout out from the the 108ers on in an article. You know that you are the king mm. of the the Sox <laughs> tailgates. So obviously, March 26th, we know that we will be out there in Lot B opening day. We will also be out there March 28th. 8th, which is yep. uh, that Saturday, because opening day is on Thursday, and then they have a day off on the Saturday. 
March 28th. You're going to have to explain that one to everybody a little bit. Um, I know we're going to keep doing this. I want to explain at the end yeah. of it just so it's fresh in everybody's mind. So go ahead and explain uh, explain what's going on on those days. Yeah, so the uh, Thursday opening day, uh, you know, we just want as many people, if you see the ONTAP flag uh, out there, it's just going to be a standard tailgate. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have beer and jello shots, but, you know, bring your beer too, uh, more the merrier. That'll just be a standard uh, tailgate like we have been if you've attended one in the past. Uh, plenty of good company, plenty of White Sox baseball talk. Like I said, jello shots, beers, um, all that good stuff getting amped up. I got the new ballpark mix, so that'll be pumping through the speakers. Um, it, it, we did it uh, last year. Uh, it was probably a little bit smaller scale since it wasn't um, promoted as far ahead of time uh, last year. Mm-hmm. But now um, we, we've had a lot of people say that they're going to come. A lot of you know uh, guys that we interact with or see at the games uh, said they're going to be out there. So if you're new, uh, you're a listener to Socks on Tap, uh, come and you know meet us. Uh, introduce yourself. Uh, give us, tell us what your Twitter handle is so we can put a you know face to the name. Uh, we interact with people online, but then you know don't really know who they are. Um, it'd be nice to you know actually know uh, the listeners, know uh, the followers. Um, and we'd, we're normal dudes. We, we like to hang out, drink beers, and uh, talk White Sox baseball with you. So th- that's what's going on on Thursday. And then um, this one on the Saturday, the 28th, not totally confirmed yet. We still need to double back, uh, circle around with White Sox Dave, see what his status was. Uh, but you remember when we were on, uh, he was talking about uh, them doing a pig roast. And, um, you know, they, they right. would get all that set up, but they need the clearance from the fire department. So we have not heard back from White Sox Dave on whether or not that is uh, been cleared by the fire department. Um, so as soon as we know anything more on that, you know, we'll be back next week for Sunday Funday. If we know anything more, then um, we'll say it on there and then we'll also tweet it out too uh, and help Dave out. So that would, I think Dave said that would probably be like around $5 a person, but hey, all you can eat pork, fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, even if I mean, I, I really hope that plan does take place. But uh, even if it does not happen, we are all going to be, I believe, yeah, that we'll Saturday be. game as well. Yep. So we'll be out there drinking beers, talking White Sox baseball. So it'll be the same thing as a Thursday game, just in case that doesn't happen. So we'll we'll definitely be out there uh, for sure. Um, man, before we, you know, get into our plugs and stuff, I, I got to say how fun it is. Like, I know that it was just a spring training game today, but the optimism around this team right now is so awesome. You know, I. I mean, we did every game last year for the most part, and it's just so nice to be consistently getting back on the mic with you and Tone and doing Sox games again, man, because like you said in the beginning of the show, you know, you've been living in the Blackhawks world with Blackhawks on tap. I've been living in this mm-hmm. Bulls world with Bulls on tap, and I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm about, I'm, I'm about cashed out. <laughs> you know, oh, I, yeah. I mean, they, this, they, they have killed me. This is probably you know, keeping so. you from going insane, this it is. Sox, the Sox content here. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing that's like really like made me like, oh god, dude, like you know, just keep grinding because you know lights it, at it's the end coming. of the tunnel. Socks, yeah, the lights at the end of the tunnel because this bull season just been trash. But I'm very, very looking forward to getting back in the socks on taps, having some great shows, and you know, throwing some badass tailgates and being out at the at the ballpark. So yeah. Yeah, that's I re- all I got, man. I-, I referenced it a little bit earlier. Just wanted to make clear for the listeners. We're not doing every spring training game uh, recaps. We'll have plenty of stuff on our Twitter. Um, we'll tweet stuff about it. And then we'll talk about general themes, nice performances from throughout the week. Uh, and next week, Sunday, fun day, when we'll have you know, like a full slate of games to talk about. But we're not going through and breaking down every single one of these. Um, that's saved for the regular season. That's what the show's about. Uh, we made that decision. Uh, we talked about it. 
you know, you, me and Tony talked about it and we said, no, we're, we're not going to do it for spring training. So uh, you'll get the Sunday fun days, though, like we have been when we ramp that thing back up, get everyone excited for baseball. Now we'll, we can talk about it and then we'll also have our other topics because Sunday fun day ain't fun without fun stuff talked about on the podcast. So uh, I hope that guide on spring training, uh, you know, kind of logistics was helpful for any White Sox fans that may be heading out there for the first time. Um, or returning if you've been out there before and just going back now. Um, so I hope that was helpful. And uh, yeah, that's about all I've got. Uh, if you're still suffering through the Blackhawks, uh, you can go ahead and uh, check out at Four Feathers Pod on Twitter. We always tweet out our shows. Uh, if you want to grieve now, I guess we're in that stage with the trade deadline tomorrow uh, with me, Tony, Ron Luce, and Patrick Comiskey over there. And Pat Bodeway, too. He's been jumping on those, too. So uh, that, that's my only plug, Buzz. Take it away. Yeah, my only plug, I guess, is if, uh, if you, I'm not lying to you guys, you want to be sad, but laugh at the same time, like come over to Bulls on Tap and uh, me and Bull Scripted, a.k.a. Goose, we run that show over there. Um, we do a, you know, a same thing as Sox on Tap, same thing as uh, Blackhawks on Tap. We do, you know, a post game and a uh, preview show after every single game. It's been hard lately, but uh, if you want to hear my voice, if, that, if, that, if that's what you want to do, that is where I am at. So uh, yeah. Bulls on Tap. But other than that, Everybody, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter here at Socks on Tap at Ontap Sportsnet. We'll be back next Sunday with Sunday Fun Day to uh, review all the games that take uh, take place this upcoming week. Yeah, and uh, that's all I got now. Besides White Sox forever. White Sox forever.